0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the shooting the sports podcast with ebony and ivory My name is jonathan i'm the ebony and my name is nick and i'm the ivory welcome into episode 19 and today We have our final offensive position rankings for the upcoming fantasy season today. We are doing the wide receivers I think we're saving the best for last. This is a pretty deep wide receiver core this year. Um as a whole it's uh it, it was a tough one. You know, the first, the first few were relatively easy for us. We kind of were in agreement for the most part, you and me with, uh, with these receivers in the top five or so. But once we got outside that top five, we, we really differed in our opinion. So I think, uh, I think once we get outside that top five today, it's going to make for some pretty interesting debates.
1: I, I'll be honest with you. I, and we talked about this off air. I, I told you this was, I called it, this was going to be the position that, we were probably going to have the most disagreement on. We were very, very close in all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, we we had pretty much uh, pretty similar rankings for the most part, just differing by a couple. But there's a few guys we'll talk about here at the end that each guy, we both had ranked 10th in our top 10 and the other person did not have that player ranked anywhere close. So they had, they didn't even crack our top 12 today. Let's just kick it off here with number one. Uh, consensus, I think, on everybody's ranking, even your grandma, if she is in your uh, home <laughs> league, she's probably picking this guy as the first receiver. I mean, how do board. you not? Yeah. Cooper Cup. Um, what's their, you know, what? I don't know. I, I don't really think I have to make an argument. 191 targets last year, 145 receptions, just shy of 2,000 yards, 1,947 and caught 16 touchdowns with Matthew Stafford throwing him the ball. Uh, here's my thing. If you take away 30 receptions, 320 yards, and five of those touchdowns, he was still the wide receiver one last year. He could have had the same receptions and the same yards and only scored one touchdown all season, and he still would have been the wide receiver one.
1: And, I mean, that that point alone to me is why he will be my number one, because – we we know regression is almost certainty. You know, absolutely. It was, it was a historical twenty twenty one campaign. So we know regression's going to happen. It's just a matter of how much. And given that, you know, Robert Woods is out, Allen Robinson is in. So I mean you still have a new number two, offensive line is still intact, nothing's really changed. It's hard to argue, although we will, that anyone else could finish above him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I personally think he's going to, you know, I think he'll fall off maybe 400 yards, 20, 25 receptions, and I don't know, a couple touchdowns. But he's going to finish number one. Uh, the only guy that I think could possibly threaten that is this next guy right here that we both had at number two, Justin Jefferson from my Minnesota Vikings. Um, 108 receptions last year, 1,616 yards, 10 touchdowns. I'll be honest with you. I look for an almost identical season from him. I, you know, when I statted everything out, have him actually almost having an identical season. Um, Set the record last year for most receiving yards in the first two seasons ever by a wide receiver. I think if all things go right for him, if he gets on a hot streak as far as touchdowns go, kind of like Cooper Cup did last year, I think that he's probably the only guy that could threaten for number one.
1: So for me, and I know we've talked a little bit about this, it's it's funny that um, we talk so much about this stuff off air. This is honestly why we created the podcast, because Nick and I talk nothing but sports off air. I will always rank Cooper Cup ahead of Justin Jefferson this year. However, for me, if I had the choice, because, again, we don't rank by injury or any outside factors, for me, I'm taking Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup. Call me... Cautious, but the reason for that is because I do not like the information coming out about Matt Stafford's elbow. I don't. We so if
0: so if so if Grandma passes on Justin Jefferson and does take Cooper Cup in the first round, you're you're totally fine with Justin Jefferson falling to you. One hundred. <laughs> All right. All right. Just want to be clear. Just wanted to be clear. Okay.
1: Number three, we have my guy, former LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase. For me. I think, and I'll make a bold, it's not really a bold prediction, but I think Justin Jefferson could even finish wide receiver number one. We always look at trajectory going up. Cooper Cup is not going to get better than what he did last year. We know we're going to see a regression. We just don't know how much. For me, Jamar Chase did what he did with what was the glaring only weakness of the Bengals' offense, which was their offensive line. And what did they do? They went out this offseason and spent a shit ton of money on their offensive line. And he still finished as the wide receiver five last year. Yeah, we so, talked
0: about that with um with Joe Mixon. You know, they improved and they're coming into the preseason uh ranked with the eighth best offensive line in the whole league. So Joe Burrow definitely have more protection.
1: And for me, what I really enjoy about Jamar Chase and why I really like him is he has that Devontae Adams target share, twenty-seven percent target share last year.
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't see much changing, honestly. If anything, I think he's going to improve on his receptions. Uh personally, I have him projected for the most yards by any of the receivers. Um, I think yeah, again, same with Justin Jefferson. You know, there is that potential that if Jamar Chase gets on a hot streak with the touchdowns, he could potentially finish as the number one. Um but I think it's all going to come down with these top three guys. It's all going to come down to who's going to have the most touchdowns at the end of the year. I think uh, as far as the yards go, I think they're going to be relatively, relatively close.
1: I do, too. Um, I, I think, I think uh, honestly, you know, talking about it, the only way, though, I see him going, number one, is upping his touchdowns. And I guess that's to be determined because you do have Joe Mixon on the goal line um you know t- top 10 top 12 running back so for me that is everyone always asks you know what is it going to take to get to a number one spot from where you finished last year for me um we already haven't projected as the most yards as the receiver for me it's going to be the touchdown so I'll be very interested to see what the Bengals choose to do with that new offensive line in the red zone do they stick with Joe Mixon or do they give their receivers a little bit more of a chance
0: yeah, I mean finished with 13 receiving touchdowns last year. Uh I think, you know, if he repeats that, he's got a really good shot at finishing wide receiver 1. Wide receiver 5 last year, so it wouldn't be a huge jump, but yeah, going into that year 2, you know, chance to break that record that Jefferson had last year, I'd be shocked if that wasn't on his mind. 100%.
1: So, I'm going to go ahead and cover our number 4. I, I thought this was this was interesting. We we debated a little bit on this. I had um Diggs at four, um, you know, Nick had this person at, uh, ahead of him, uh, Debo Samuel.
0: Yeah, Debo Samuel. Last year, the 49ers used him in a little bit of a Swiss Army knife role, lined up outside, lined up in the slot, lined up in the backfield, had 59 rushes as a wide receiver uh, for 365 yards and eight rushing touchdowns. They really used him in a variety of packages. And as a receiver, still had 121 targets. Hauled in 77 of those for 1,400 yards and another six touchdowns. My argument for Debo at number four is simply he's going to add touchdowns and yards on the ground where none of these other receivers are going to do that. They may do that at a very small, you know, very small margin, but Debo is going to get, I think, again, 60 carries. And even with Trey Lance coming in, I really don't see the game plan changing for the 49ers. I still think Debo is used in the same role. And again, the, the threaten you know, him threatening with all those touchdowns on the ground. I just think that Devo Samuel is, is a lock to finish in that top five. He was wide receiver three last year, which I don't think a lot of people realize. You want to talk about a guy that's going to give you fantasy points. This receiver is going to give you running back fantasy points. A la Christian McCaffrey with the running backs.
1: So it's hard to argue that. I don't I don't disagree with any of your points. Um, you know, what we talked about for me, the reason why I'm a little skittish on Debo isn't because of the points, it's because of who he has at quarterback. Now, granted, I understand Trey Lance was the quarterback for a majority of that time. For me, I'm not a true believer in Trey Lance yet. I think he has that potential. Um, you know, Kittle wasn't as healthy as he needed to be last year. You have Kittle a little bit healthier, Let's see if they figure out the running game. So for me, the question mark as to why I don't have him up there is Trey Lance. Um, However, if Trey Lance makes us a believer, I 100% agree with everything else you said about Debo.
0: Yeah, and if it makes you feel any better, I actually have Debo statted out to finish worse than he finished last year. Um, You know, like I said, he was wide receiver three last year. I have him finishing at number four. And even when the you know when the numbers work out, I still have him finishing lower than last year, but he still comes into that top five you know top four range and one one last point I wanted to make about Debo I had talked about the different ages for running backs last time, and how certain ages are popular, you know, and they happen most commonly for peak seasons and for having great seasons when it comes to wide receivers a peak season in this case being a top 20 season or better in any case, no matter what amount of points you, you slice and dice it at the most popular age for a wide receiver to have a peak season is 26 years old. Debo Samuel will play this year at 26 years old. So the numbers and history going back 20 years point to Debo Samuel having a great year. And I think number four is a pretty good spot for him. Uh, number five, though, was the guy that you just talked about. You had this guy at number four, uh, Stefan Diggs. I had him at number five. Honestly, him and Debo could go either way. Um, with that offense, with Josh Allen this year, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to have one of the top offenses in the league once again. Wide receiver seven last year, 164 targets, hauled in 103 receptions. 1,225 yards, 10 touchdowns. I look for a little bit of the same, Um, you know, no Cole Beasley this year. I think more receptions are bound to come his way or excuse me, more targets are bound to come his way, which in turn are going to turn into more receptions. Um, I think, I think his stats go up and again, you know, with these top five guys, I think it
1: all comes down to the touchdowns and how many touchdowns they produce. Yeah, for me, I love Diggs just because of what you said with Josh Allen. We had him stated as the number one quarterback. I, I know his target share fell from 29 to 24 uh, last year versus the year before. But the reason why I'm such a believer in Diggs is he was just one of two wide receivers to hit over 2,000 air yards. The other one being Justin Jefferson, who is very, very close to who we have started out as you know the most yards for a receiver. Um Another thing I love about him, most end zone targets in the NFL during the regular season. So if he's able to convert a little bit more of those targets, I mean, he had 25 last year, which, by the way, was six more than the closest receiver, which was Justin Jefferson. Uh, I, I really like Diggs. Um, I think the Bills are blocking it in as far as their offense. I think they play in a very weak division as far as defense. So I will not be surprised if Diggs finishes top five
0: yeah i i I wouldn't either you know I think I think top five even even that top four into the top three I, I I think that is a a good range for him and I think honestly, I think any of those five guys that we've just mentioned and just talked about have the potential to finish as the number one anywhere in that one to five range um, well let me ask I, you
1: with Diggs how confident you know confident or not confident or even somewhere in between do you think he is able to break the top three. Let's just say top three, not even number one, top three.
0: I don't think it is out of the question at all. Um, I don't, I have him catching more passes than Jamar Chase, who I have as my number three. Um, I, the yards are not too far off. And again, if Jamar Chase has a touchdown regression and Stephon Diggs catches a couple more than he did last year, I think Stephon Diggs could easily pass him um, into that top three, and which, you know, I think he would pass Debo in that case as well if all those things happen. So I I think it's very, very likely, especially with that offense being what I think is going to be one of the top two, probably, if not the best offense in the league this year. So, you know, I I have the Bills receivers finishing relatively high. I think I mentioned this a few weeks back. I personally think that they're going to be that team this year that has the two receivers in the top 16. It's happened every year going back. As far as I could go back, um, it's, it's, it's a common thing that happens every year. There's one team that has two receivers that finish borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two range. Um, I think that's the Bills this year, and I think Diggs leads the way. Coming in at number six, Tyreek Hill, Miami Dolphins, wide receiver six last year. I think he has, you know, slight regression. From last year, you know, going to a new team. Look, Jalen Waddle had 140 targets last year, catching passes from Tua. That's the kind of offense they're running. Their main guy is getting 140 to 150 targets. Tyreek Hill got 160 last year. I don't think, I don't think that changes much for Tyreek Hill. I think he gets just as many targets as Waddle got last year. He's going to lead the way on that offense. Um, Yeah, I like I said, I I'm having a slight regression, but even with that slight regression, he's still going to be one of the top receivers in the league. I don't know that he's going to have that potential with the offense he's playing in to crack the top five. So this, this was
1: a hard one for me because obviously it's no secret that you're not a big Tua fan. you know, And it's, it's pretty undeniable that going from, a, the, from Patty M to Tua is a massive downgrade. But I also want to throw this out here that even with Patty Mahomes, Tyreek still posted a career low in yards and after the catch per reception last year. So for me, with Tua not having the deep ball, not being that confident in the deep ball and knowing what he'll can do after the catch, aside from last year, I I still think he has very much so a top five potential. I understand there's still Jalen Waddell in a running game, but for me... Put it in Hill's hands and just let him do what he does best. Do you think, And because I know we have rankings and everything like that, and understand, uh, folks, where we have our rankings is completely different what we would do. Well, not completely different, but it can be slightly different what we actually do when it comes on draft day. So what I am saying is when you're looking on the draft board, is there anyone that we have ranked above that in that top five that you would take Tyree Kill over as of right now?
0: is there anybody in the top five that we have that I would take Tyreek Hill over? No, okay. no, okay. no. And, and honestly, it personally, it's not even that close. Um, I actually kind of tiered my receivers off and that top five was my, I consider my tier one and Tyreek Hill is the top of my tier two. There's potential there, but as of right now, you know, come draft day, no, I'm not taking any of those or I'm not taking Tyreek Hill over any of those guys in the top five
1: so I believe our next wide receiver this is uh this has been a very controversial one <laughs> over the offseason especially with all the Aaron Rodgers news and everything like that but uh Devontae Adams now of the Las Vegas Raiders so here's how I feel about Devontae Adams I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk perception real quick not even stats Um, He's going to the Las Vegas Raiders, which, you know, obviously no one's going to argue that Aaron Rodgers is not as good and is obviously better than Derek Carr. But for me, he's going back to his old college quarterback, one of his best friends, someone that he has worked with consistently in the offense. And he had a 28 percent target share with Rodgers. So. How do you have Devontae Adams as far as your outlook? How do you feel
0: about him? Well, see, that's where we differ because I look at the stats because fantasy football is, it's about stats at the end of the day. And it's about the numbers that they put up. And last season, 170 targets, 123 receptions, over 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. That was in a Green Bay Packer offense with a Hall of Fame quarterback and not much help around him. He is going now this year to a Las Vegas Raiders team that has a running back that's been around for a while that they have invested in. He has Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, who generally catches 90 to 100 passes every year, even as the number one, number two guy. It doesn't really matter what spot you put him in. Hunter Renfro's catching passes. I think it's naive to think that Devontae Adams is going to have as good of a year as he did last year. Um, he was wide receiver two last year. He's going to regress history shows players that go to new teams have a drop off. I think, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's not quite at that threshold of receivers, you know, where they really start falling off. Um, still, you know, in his late twenties, but I think a regression is almost certain. Um, personally, I had him ranked ninth in my rankings um, I had the next two guys that we're going to talk about. I actually had both of them ranked higher than Devontae Adams and it's nothing. Yeah. And it's not, and it's nothing against Devontae Adams. It's just, that's the way the stats fell. And, you know, it's not to say that, that I don't think he could finish at, you know, right here at seventh above, you know, the n- next guys that we have at eight and nine, but that's the way the stats rolled out for me. And I really don't think that it's, that it's a crazy thought to think, you know, I have him. I have him catching about 95 passes, um, little over 1100 yards and a couple less touchdowns. And that's just basing it off of that's how the Raiders work. Obviously, you know, their wide receiver one numbers from last year are going to improve with Devontae Adams coming in. That's a no brainer, but just looking at what he's done over his career and the volume, I think he's going to get, yeah, I think, uh, I, I personally, like I said, I personally think he's going to finish at the end of that wide receiver one range.
1: So I agree and disagree with you all at the same time. I 100% agree that he's going to regress. I I don't, I, there I is no world I see where he finishes the wide receiver two this year. I, I just don't see it. Not just because he's going to a new team, but simply because the, the talent level of the people we have ranked ahead of him are, to me, just completely different, especially with quarterbacks, offense, everything like that. However, the one thing I will say is I do confidently believe he will finish above the next two people we have ranked, which we'll get into that uh, here shortly. And for me, it also goes into, you know, we always talk about know your league, right? Well, I say in NFL, know your division. And for me, they are in a very, very high power division with the Chargers, with the uh with with the Chiefs that they're going to have to score points they're not going to be able to you know ground and pound um and I understand Hunter Renfro I understand Waller but for me Devonte Adams is who he is because of that uh the Raiders gave him all the money in the world all, like all the money in the world and I think they're going to use and abuse him especially playing in a high powered offense not to mention let's also point out the fact that they have a new coach. They have Josh McDaniels. They have the one who made Brady who Brady was. So for me, I definitely think this is the ranking where he belongs. Uh, do I think he has the potential to go top five? I do, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere near the top three.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's pretty accurate. Um, and, you know, let's just get in. I want to get in number eight uh, just because it tie in, ties into, you know, Devontae Adams. Obviously. Absolutely. We have CeeDee Lamb at number eight. I have them only a few points apart. Honestly, if at that point, if Devontae Adams catches one more touchdown than I have him projected for, or if CeeDee Lamb catches one less than I have him projected for, those rankings are going to change. So seven and eight for Adams and CeeDee Lamb, I think is is a good range. I believe we both had CeeDee Lamb ranked eight. Um, you had Adams seven. Like I said, I had him nine. But with CeeDee Lamb, he's going to be the number one guy in a pretty decent offense, let's be honest. And he's going to get a majority of those targets, similar to what Adams got last year with Aaron Rodgers. CeeDee Lamb finished as wide receiver 15 last year. He's losing Amari Cooper, who ate a lot of those targets. I think it's very, very likely that he cracks that top 10. Um, I love him here at this number eight spot. Obviously, like I said, we both had him there. He had a great year last year, 80 receptions, 1100 yards, six touchdowns. I think those numbers go up. And again, that puts him easily into this top 10.
1: So for me, I will never, argue, I won't, I don't have any argument as to why CD Lamb shouldn't finish top 10. I think it is a disappointing season all around for CD Lamb drafters. If he does not finish top 10, with that being said, it is hard for me to see picking him above Devontae Adams because I feel like when it comes to the type of team they're on, the offense and the weapons, even without Amari Cooper, it's very similar to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, you don't have Amari Cooper. For that, you don't even have Cedric Wilson, but you still do have Dalton. You still do have um, you know, Gallup. We don't know what Gallup's going to do. Obviously we don't know what Gallup's going to do coming off that injury and everything like that. They still have Zeke. Tony Pollard is emerging a little bit. So for me, it's about can CeeDee Lamb be the guy we're going to find out. But for me, I feel like the Dallas Cowboys and the Las Vegas Raiders are very similar in the way they do their offense and high scoring. And for me at that point, it comes down to talent alone. And I trust Devonte Adams talent more than I trust CeeDee Lamb's talent. Period.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with the, their offenses are very similar. Um, I personally, I think the Cowboys offense is a little better, um, just the way they operate things. But for me, the, you know, when I, when I look at the the numbers, I have them catching the same amount of passes. I have CD lamb going for a hundred yards more over those 95 receptions. So maybe a yard more per catch. Um, I think that's pretty likely. I think CD Lamb being younger, a little more explosive. I think at the end of the day, when you look at it, CD Lamb is going to average more yards per catch than Devontae Adams. And again, I think they're going to catch about the same amount of passes this year. And again, being in similar offenses. And, you know, I do have Adams catching one more touchdown than CD Lamb, which I think is very likely. So again, when I, you know, added up everything, it just came out that CD Lamb is, I'm projecting him for a couple more points. Um, if I'm in a draft and those two receivers are staring me in the face, I'm probably drafting Devontae Adams. And that's only because, that that's be only because of, question. yeah, and that's only because of the unlikeliness, you know, or the, un, excuse me, the uncertainty of CeeDee Lamb and can he be the number one guy? I I, I, I,
1: I think he could out. possibly do it, but, I I don't like like unlikely. I have Devontae Adams over that is, you know, he only had 18% target share last year. Yes. I understand a lot of that was due to Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, but even if I'm giving him, let's say, you know, 21, 22, maybe even 23% target share, you know, I feel like that's going to be the minimum for Devontae Adams, even with the talent that they have. So again, with that being said, because that coupled with the fact of your point, which is, do we, think that CD lamb can be the guy I'm taking Devonte Adams all day, every day. If I'm staring both of them on the draft board.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and with those numbers you just gave, I Dak's going to probably throw for roughly 600 passes. You know, he's going to throw it roughly 600 times this year. If CD lamb gets a 23% target share that puts him right around that 95 reception mark. So, you know, we're making different arguments, but the same point. Uh, Correct. I still think CeeDee Lamb's going to average the yards per catch that he's going to average um, just based on his career numbers so far and the type of yards per catch that the number one guy gets in the Dallas offense I still like my numbers and where I have them at again if I'm drafting it personally I'm going to take a Devontae Adams over CeeDee Lamb but when, the, when I work the numbers out CeeDee Lamb just came out a little bit higher.
1: So who do we have at number nine, Nick? Because I know you have been very up on this guy. This is, I would essentially, you know, um, Nick and I follow fantasy footballers and, you know, we have, they have a segment called what they call my guys. And I definitely feel like this is one of your, my guys, as far as wide receiver. So talk to me a little about this next one, because you've been very high on him all off season.
0: Yeah, you had him ranked number nine. Um, I had him ranked number seven, wide receiver 21 last year, and another guy in that Devontae Adams CD lamb range um, or conversation, I should say that I think we both can agree could potentially be better than both of them and could potentially finish behind both of them. And that's Michael Pittman, uh, excuse me, Michael Pittman jr. For the Indianapolis Colts. And he's going to lead the way this year had a pretty good year last year uh, in his rookie year, 129 targets, 88 receptions, Just under 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. He's one of those guys, you know, we said it's naive to think that Adams or Waddle aren't going to have some sort of regression going to a new team. I think it's naive to think that Michael Pittman Jr. is not going to have some sort of leap in this next year. Uh, With the Colts offense improving, Jonathan Taylor, you know, just being the man right now everybody's going to stack the box on him. I think there's going to be a lot of one-on-one coverage for these Colts receivers this year. And Michael Pittman showed that he's a guy that can take advantage of that. And like I said, I personally had him ranked seventh on my list. I am not upset if he is right there in the range where I'm drafting on draft day. He is not, you know, he's a guy that I'm not upset about having as my wide receiver
1: one. So, I do not disagree with much of your saying. I, I 125% agree Michael Pittman's going to get a job. You know, you're going from Carson Wentz to Matt Joe, Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan has the probably one of the biggest histories as quarterback of, you know, feeling top end wide receivers. I mean, you look at Julio Jones, you look at Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, he. it's not that crazy to think that he could finish that high. My concern is, and I know we talk about stats a lot because that's what fantasy football is during, but you always have to think about outside factors. I feel like towards the middle to the middle of the season, the Colts unlock something with Jonathan Taylor. I don't disagree that they're going to, teams are going to stack more, but for me, I feel like they figured out that X factor with Jonathan Taylor, which was feed him the ball. So for me, that is a concern I have moving forward with Michael Pittman is because they're just going to find a way to get Jonathan, the Taylor, Jonathan Taylor the Baltimore. So that is my concern.
0: I, I don't disagree with that at all, but I don't think that's going to affect their wide receiver one numbers. You know, when you look at the course of a season, teams have force-fed running backs numerous times. It happens every year. There's multiple guys that get force-fed, you know, targets and carries every year in the backfield that really doesn't affect the wide receiver one a whole lot. I mean, he's still going to get a hundred plus targets. And in this case, you know, I, I project that their offense is going to be even better than last year where he got 130. I think everything goes up. If your offense is better, all the targets, all the plays that you run, the amount of plays, everything goes up. And I think a slight bump from the 88 receptions last year I have him projected for, you know, a hundred. I don't think 1200 yards is out of the question for him this year. Um, he's he averaged about 12, uh, 12 yards per reception last year. I think, I think seven's a good range for him. Seven to nine. That's a, that's a really good range. Um, again, I don't have him too far off from Devonte Adams or CD lamb, but if it's me and I'm going into my draft, um, if I'm taking a wide receiver one and I wait on that receiver, I'm fine with Michael Pittman being my first receiver.
1: So I believe we are now rounding out our top 10. Um, One of my favorite guys on my favorite team, shout out Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Mike Evans. So I won't sit here and lie. Mike Evans is probably one of the most frustrating receivers to draft. When he's on, he's on, and when he's off, you're wondering if you even put him in your lineup. But for me, the consistency that he puts up year after year, he achieved his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season and set a new career high with 14 touchdowns. And that was with the talent that they had at wide receiver, you know, with Godwin and everything like that. Um, For me, it's double-digit touchdowns, but it's a low target share. So for me, that is what concerns me. Um, On top of that, they did add two really good wide receivers. Obviously, you know, Julio Jones is on the downward trend. So we'll see how that works. Always injury prone and Russell Gage. What are your thoughts on Mike Evans?
0: Yeah, you know, the inconsistency is the reason Mike Evans is usually the number 10 receiver off the board or in that range. Um, It seems like every year, even with the consecutive thousand yard seasons, He's always going in this 8, 9, 10 to 13 range um, every year for receivers. Sometimes a little bit more, you know, a little bit better depending on who's out there that year. But this is usually the range he's going in, and it's because of that inconsistency. Like you said, double-digit touchdowns. It also doesn't hurt that your quarterback's throwing for 40-plus in in a season in Tom Brady. So, yeah, I like this range for Mike Evans. I personally I had him 11th. I think you had him actually right here at number 10. Um like you said, low target share. But the thing is is he's going to turn a majority of those into touchdowns where a lot of these guys aren't. Um this guy we have coming up at number 11 here, I have him catch I have this next next guy catching 30 more passes than Mike Evans. Uh but the touchdowns, you know, I have Mike Evans catching double the amount of touchdowns that he he's catching. So, yeah, I think it all just depends for Mike Evans. At the end of the day, at the end of the season, it all comes down to how many touchdowns did he score?
1: I think the most frustrating part with Mike Evans, too, is, you know, we talk about his consistency over the course of a year, but <laughs> we don't get that same consistency, you know, game to game as far as fantasy. You know, he can win you a week just as easily as he can lose you a week. So for me personally, as much as I love Mike Evans, I think we have him ranked perfectly at number 10. I am avoiding him on the draft board if I can.
0: 100%. 100%. And at number 11, you know, like I was just saying, a guy that I have catching 30 more passes than Mike Evans, but half the amount of touchdowns, Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers. I like him. I, you know, even though he's turning 30 years old this year, I still like him to be a wide receiver one on the year. Um, you know, if you're in a 12 man league, I know a lot of people playing 12 mans finishing as wide receiver. 11 would be wide receiver one territory. He was the ninth best receiver last year, 157 targets over a hundred receptions over 1100 yards. I look for about the same. I, mean, just, I look for let's about just the same. Pile
1: on this, let's just pile on the stats a little bit more. And, you know, we talked about the consistency of Mike Evans. Let's talk about the consistency of Keenan Allen. Absolutely. He's got 100 plus passes for the fifth straight season. Yeah. F- five five seasons straight. Yeah. And still commands a 22% target share. So my question to you because we know that the elephant in the room is what is Mike Williams going to do? You know, aside from last year Mike williams shows up when he wants to show up and then doesn't show up you know we we essentially said what we said which is we rode we we ride that lightning yep. you know we you rode that lightning of mike williams you know and he put up so i guess my question to you is do you think mike williams is going to be as consistent and therefore affecting keenan allen or do you think it doesn't affect keenan allen at all what are your thoughts on that
0: honestly when it comes down to it i think at the end of the day i think the two of them are going to finish I I actually have them finishing with the exact same amount of points this year. I have Keenan Allen catching about 25 to 30 more passes. I think Mike Williams goes for a couple hundred more yards. um, And I think he catches a couple more touchdowns. Um, So I think, you know, at the end of the day, when it all works out, I think they're going to be almost identical in terms of fantasy this year. As far as Mike Williams goes, though, if I'm in a draft, I'm not going through that again. Um, that's that's a, <laughs> you not that's gonna a ride that no. That is a thing that we've talked about year after year after year. You even asked me after last year's draft when I took him. What were you thinking? You know, at the time there was nobody in the in the area or in that range that I felt comfortable taking. So I said I will take a shot here. I had already had a running, uh, excuse me, a receiver or two at the point. So it was a risk that I was willing to take at that time. This year, where he's falling, not a chance.
1: I completely, I completely agree. I mean, I, Mike Williams is one of those people, you know, we talk about, you know, Mike Evans winning you weeks and losing weeks. Um, I don't think there's any better... Mike, any better Mike Williams favorite. can
0: lose you seasons. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans mm-hmm. can win you and lose you weeks. Mike Williams can lose you
1: seasons. He, I I can't disagree with or agree with that anymore. Um, But when I will say when he's on... Good luck to the team that's playing. Absolutely. First five weeks was wide receiver two. So
0: if he would have kept that consistency, yeah, hard telling. Um, But enough with Mike Williams. Let's finish up our top 12 here with number 12, Allen Robinson, the Los Angeles Rams. I know everybody's going to say Allen Robinson, but did he even play last year? Mm -hmm. Barely, (laughs) barely. He had 38 receptions, 410 yards, and one single touchdown, missed five games. Um, was also on the Chicago Bears. Uh, The two previous seasons before that, or excuse me, the season before that, 151 targets, 102 receptions, 1,250 yards, and six touchdowns. And that was with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles throwing him the ball. This year, he has Matt Stafford throwing him the ball. He also has the best receiver in football opposite of him. And he's on one of the best offenses in the league. If it's not the Bills this year, it's going to be the Rams again. And Allen Robinson is going to play that number two role. I think top 12 is a very achievable goal for Allen Robinson. It would obviously be a huge improvement from wide receiver 81 last year. I love Allen Robinson. I love the potential for him. And I think the Rams are, along with the Bills, the other team that is going to have two receivers in that top 15, 16 range.
1: So I don't disagree with you on any of that. Um, this is one, one of those players you and I have both been very high on. I understand the skepticism that our viewers are probably sitting here like, what are y'all smoking in order to put him at the top 12? But let me throw this out. Down the playoff stretch, Odell Buckham Jr., after Robert Woods already hit the IR, as their solid number two wide receiver to Cooper Cup, he averaged 19% target share and 12.4 fantasy points per game. And that's week 12 through the divisional. He was fantasy's wide receiver too. I personally think where it stands right now, Allen Robinson is a little has a little bit more in the gas, especially since, you know, um Odell's coming off that injury. So for me, I love this pick. I think Allen Robinson, if you can get him where he's being drafted, take him and don't look back. Um so I love Allen Robinson at this pick. I really really do.
0: Yeah, and a nineteen percent target share in that offense comes out to one hundred and twenty plus targets. You give that man one hundred and twenty plus targets, I think he catches. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I predict him for eighty passes or eighty receptions, just over a thousand yards. And with that offense, let's be honest, they score touchdowns. Cooper Cup's going to score a double digit. I have Allen Robinson for ten touchdowns. I think that's very likely in that offense. He's the clear cut number two. And if he stays healthy all season, I think that's a very obtainable goal for him.
1: And I mean, if you want to talk about stuff outside of stats and everything, because that's what I love to do. You know, that's that's why you and I balance each other out. Um, Cooper Cup was already on notice. I don't I think he's been put on notice even more so after the historical year. 100%.
0: That's going
1: to that's going to free up Allen Robinson. And we already know what he's done in the past. So I, I really like this pick, uh, especially where he's being drafted in ADP. Like I said, I will I will stand by this. If You can get Allen Robinson where he's being drafted. Take him and run.
0: 100%. So I, I want to mention a couple guys here at the end before we wrap up. Um, this first guy I had ranked uh, in my top 10 at number 10. You had him nowhere near your top 10. Um, didn't even have him in your top 15 uh Amonra St. Brown Detroit Lions was wide receiver 24 last year so a wide receiver 2 in 12 man leagues had 120 targets last year turned that into 90 receptions for 912 yards and five touchdowns really came on strong uh later in the year I think if he stays healthy this year and continues to put up that same production he did last year he did miss a few games I think top 10 is is very easy for him to do, um, even with that bad offense. And here's the thing. That's what I, I was going to ask. I, I think we can. It's hard to trust the Lions. You're, you're right, it is. Um, so with that being said, I think we can both agree that the Detroit Lions are going to be losing a majority of their games, if not all of their games this year. Correct? <laughs>
1: I do disagree.
0: <laughs> okay. So with that being said, I will take a receiver on a team that is going to be trailing and needing to pass all season long. They don't have to be good for Amonra St. Brown to be a good receiver. I think with the stats and the numbers he put up last year, that gives you a glimpse into what he can achieve as the main guy in a full season. The rookie they drafted is coming in a little banged up. I think Amonra St. Brown starts off hot picks up where he left off and continues that momentum all season. And I like him uh, in the top 10.
1: I, I'm a little bit more skeptical on the Lions offense. I don't I don't disagree with anything you have to say about St. Brown. Um, you know, we saw what he did last year towards the back half. So for me, it's one of those, you know, I 100% see where you're coming from. For me, it's just a matter of belief. And, you know, when it comes down to fantasy football, it's a matter of stats and beliefs. I don't believe in the Lions offense, regardless whether they have to come from behind or not. Um, you know, you still have DeAndre Swift, who's gonna get a lot of dump offs. Um, TJ Hawkinson, who we know is gonna be a top tight end. So for me, I just don't trust the Lions. And
0: the and the beauty of it is both of them were there last year and he put up the numbers he did. I don't see what really changes. Um, but you know, you said fantasy is about belief and stats. That's a perfect segue into our last guy we're going to talk about here a guy that you had at number 10 that I personally had ranked uh, 26th in my rankings and even when I redid it, his ranking still didn't change um, and that's AJ Brown Philadelphia Eagles and here, here's the thing belief in stats
1: you and I you and I talked about this yeah I, this we was, did this
0: was... the the top target getter for the Philadelphia Eagles last year was Devonta Smith. He got 105 targets last year simply because that team does not pass the ball. Now, this man is coming from a team that is known to run the ball. However, when you look at the amount of targets that go to the receivers on those teams, Philadelphia Eagles are quite a bit lower than the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Titans actually throw the ball a little bit more than, than you'd expect. Listen, I don't disagree that A.J. Brown's going to have a, a solid season. But here's the thing. He's never had over 105 targets, okay? We've already agreed that both of these offenses are very similar. They like to run the ball a lot. He's never had over 105 targets. I don't think he goes over 105 this year. Even if he does, I don't see him catching more than 65, 70 passes. And the team does not really throw that many touchdowns. So I'd love to hear your argument for A.J. Brown. There's no denying that he has the talent. Um, that he is a very good receiver. But I just, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the offense and the breakdown of how the offense runs and operates, I don't see how there is enough of the pie for A.J. Brown to finish in the top 10.
1: So for me, he's one of the few wide receivers that changes teams that I actually think he's going to be okay. And that's simply because he's coming from a team in the Tennessee Titans that love to run the ball. I mean, they had the Yeti, Derrick Henry, and they feed him. So for me, with no running game, barely with the Philadelphia Eagles, no clear wide receiver other than A.J. Brown, for me, I think, I, I think he's going to have one of his really good years, and that's how I feel about it. I, I understand Jalen Hurts, <laughs> trust me. He is one of those people that will put you at fantasy points, but it's always ugly doing it. But when you get when you just look at his stature alone, you're giving Jalen Hurts a big target. They don't have, really have a running game at the red zone, so they're going to be looking at AJ Brown. For me, I love AJ Brown with the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tennessee Titans simply because it's in a complete it's a completely different offense.
0: I I, I disagree. I think uh, I think the offenses are very very similar. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference and even ESPN and it's a very close ranking, but even ESPN has him ranked 14th, 15th uh, projected for the year. So to crack the top 10, he'd have to pass, you know, in, in ESPN's mind, he'd have to pass guys like T Higgins, Michael Pittman, Jr. DJ Moore, Mike Evans. I don't know. I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Um,
1: So I don't think he cracks the top ten. I I I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities for him to crack the top twelve. Well, hold on. We have
0: to we have to clarify that then. If you don't think he's cracking the top ten, why did he make number ten on your list?
1: Well, so he made number not a problem. So he made number ten on my list because of his potential. Um, I I do think there is, and he's right at number ten because I do think some of the other wide receivers may not. Um, perform as well as they're being statted out to. Um, but for me, I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't crack top 10. I feel like he's going to be somewhere in that 10 to 12 range. And when I statted it out for me, it was the touchdowns for AJ Brown because they're going to, I believe they're going to look at him more so on the goal line than anything as to why I have him number 10.
0: Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, you know, the setting out in the rankings, it doesn't matter a whole lot. It's all about what you would do on draft day. So I'm I'm gonna wrap this up with just a couple simple questions. All right. On draft day, you're sitting there. Um AJ Brown or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. AJ Brown or T. Higgins. I'm going AJ Brown. AJ Brown or Michael Pittman.
1: <sighs> that is probably the hardest one. Mmm. Mm. I'm I'm reluctant, but I'm going to take Michael Pittman.
0: Okay. Okay. So, in your rankings, you had A.J. Brown 10, Keenan Allen 11, Michael Pittman 12. Uh, I think it's safe to say that if you were to redo that, you'd probably have A.J. Brown ranked 12th according to this, or according to your answers, but yeah. So, again, I just, I ask you that just to make this point. Rankings and you know, what you think is going to happen. It's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's what you would do on draft day that matters One hundred percent. when it comes down to it. You know, I'm not a big ADP guy, you know, the average draft position stuff really isn't a big concern of mine, but if I'm sitting there and I'm debating on two guys and I think they're about the same and one guy's going 20 picks later, I'm going to take somebody else over that guy that, is going is getting drafted higher. Simple as that. Uh, And speaking of drafts, stay tuned next week. Thursday or Friday, we are going to put out our mock draft. Uh, John will be drafting from the number two position. I will be drafting from the number 10 spot. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. By the time that rolls around, our actual draft, our home league draft, will only be three or four days away. So, that'll be one of our final preps for that. Um, so it's definitely going to be something important for, for and both do, of us and to do. Before
1: we let you guys go, we do just want to say this, you know, aside past the rankings, everything like that. We always talk about what you would do on draft day. We do want to encourage people, you know um, not just the veterans, but you know, even the newbies do fantasy mock drafts. I cannot stress that enough. Because come draft day, doesn't matter how much you know your league, it doesn't matter if it's a new league. You don't know who's gonna take who. You nope. you can only you can only hope. So I always want to encourage everyone, do your mock drafts so you can prepare for the unexpected.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, stay tuned next week. Fantasy mock draft leading up to the start of the fantasy, excuse me the start of the NFL season um obviously the fantasy football season so yeah stay tuned for that it's going to be a lot of fun as always guys my name's Jonathan and I'm the ebony and my name's Nick and I'm the ivory